Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview coming to you live here from the Valley uh, on your Thursday evening. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley to get ready to gear up to Saturday's massive home game uh, with Portsmouth is uh, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? You looking well? I'm all right, yeah. You had a good, uh, good few days? Yeah. Yeah? You're t- it's pretty standard, really. You're not an unnamed banker by any chance, are you? <laughs> Some people might call me that sometimes, <laughs> but no, no. no. The bid is not mine. Yeah, and joining the pair of us here at the Valley, looking like a young Harry Redknapp in his uh, in his suit. There is Nathan Mullay. Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Louis. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had a good a good few days? Yeah, I met Navi, uh, my brother. Uh, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, just met Navi. So I sit down, Nathan. <laughs> it's not a radio feature, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I said to Luna, I was going to do. Yeah, this we, we've got um, we've got new microphones that are actually on like uh, leads, and you can get up and walk around. And Nathan thought it'd be funny to start doing that there. Which I was he at did. Butlins. Yeah, there we go, like a stand-up comedian. Uh, which he isn't one, he just looks like one. So on tonight's show, uh, we are going to gear up for Saturday's home game with Portsmouth here, but we've got loads of great content for you uh, coming up. We're going to discuss today's takeover rumours uh, in the Evening Standard, apparently an unnamed banker, and it's going to be very careful saying that for the rest of the show, uh, has put in a £30 million bid for the club. We're going to hear what Lee Bowyer has to say about the uh, apparent offer of a new contract. We'll hear what he said on that. Uh, we'll discuss some of the stuff that came out in the fans' forum meeting uh, during the week. Then... Uh, about 20 past, we've got an exclusive interview uh, for you, Patrick Bauer, uh, the defender. And I think this is the first time he's been interviewed since uh, those tweets at the start of the uh, the campaign where he implied that he was uh, not going to sign a new contract. And of course, I asked him about that. So we'll hear uh, what he had to say. Tracy Lieburn's going to tell us about Red, White and Black Day on Saturday. We're going to hear from Josh Cullen uh, after the Doncaster game, and, and as well as looking ahead to Portsmouth. Then we will gear up properly for the uh, the top six clash with uh, Pompey. We've got Luke Ellis, who's a Pompey fan, uh, who joined us uh, uh, on the phone yesterday and of course we'll hear again from the addicts boss Lee Bowyer who'll give us all the latest uh, on the injury front so plenty to get our teeth stuck into Tom but first of all um, <clears throat> exclusive from Simon Johnson in the evening standard uh, this afternoon Charlton have received a fresh offer worth £30 million uh, for the club uh, Standard Sports understands the man behind the bid is a former banker uh, who has experience of top level football has held meetings with the League One club and is waiting to hear whether the offer will be accepted oh is it happening Tom is this the one or is it just another false dawn <laughs> I hope it's the one uh, be nice but We've been here so many times before, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I said last week when all the the craziness happened that I felt like it was going to come to a head and either he was going to accept and sell or we were in real trouble and we were going to be stuck with him for a while and I think then things could have got very, very dark. But if this offer legitimately has come in and it sounds very much like it has, it's then a question of what was his asking price and is that enough? Because mm. there's been these figures of 60, 70 million banded around. There's a rumour of a 35 million decline, but there's lots of more official statements that seem to suggest that those are just figures that people have plucked out of the air. So to me, 30 million is a ridiculous bid for us. We, we're not worth that in my opinion, but if that's enough to get Roland on the table, then, then hopefully uh, it could be the start of something. But, like I say, I'm trying not to get too carried away because we've been here so many times. It's, it's unusual, though, Nathan, for this to have come out in the way it has. I mean, because the, the standard piece has a source quote says the ball is very much in Charlton's court, and we will see how serious they are about selling them. And there's plenty of details in this story that suggests you'd imagine that the the story has come somewhere within the bidding party just reading it. That's what it seems to suggest to me, or maybe even a broker of some sort. So for someone involved in the deal in that way to start spilling the beans like this is unusual but I mean do you think it's a move to try and put Duchatel under a little bit of pressure because he has said he wants to sell the club but obviously I mean the as well as offering it to the EFL for free uh, without the stadium that went uh, well, didn't yeah, it? yeah 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 we'll talk about that and uh, and, and uh, then other quotes of 60 70 million floating around no one really knows exactly 
what's going on there. So for this to be out there, do you think that's going to put him under a little bit of pressure to prove if he really is a willing seller? Or does he just sit there going, I don't really care what anyone thinks or says? Because that, that's what he usually does. Yeah, prob- probably a bit of both. Um, I think as soon, you know, everyone knew that he was, he wanted to sell. Um, but in the revelations that happened over the last couple of weeks that Tom just said about, you know, offering it, it, it you know, it does smack of desperation a little bit and maybe a, there is a, a buyer out there who, who's maybe trying to get it on a little bit on the cheap, which it's clear that Roland doesn't want to be here, but um, yeah, like Tom said, hopefully it comes to fruition, but hopefully it will put him under a little bit of pressure. I can see it will, because mm. if he's, if, if, if it's an offer that it's acceptable to Roland, then he's going to bite the hand off. He, he, he's not, he doesn't want to be. He said that. He was a That's mistake. my thing. If he really wants to sell, I don't know what more he can hold exactly. out for. What, yeah. uh, there's no one really is going to come in with a bit bigger than that, as far as I can see. I mean, there might be someone out there, but yeah. uh, he's going to struggle to get more than that. Mm. So if this is a decent bid, then it's worth listening to, particularly as it sounds like it comes with like the training ground and everything, um, which is what he wanted anyway. So. Mm. Um. We like I say we have been here before, Nave. So, is there anything you've seen that from this? I mean, I, the only question is uh, if all of these outbursts over the last few weeks have suggested, and I'll put something similar on Twitter now. I mean, this could all be over, Roland. I mean, you're fuming, you're angry. You know, it made me angry last week, and I don't like being angry. Um, you know, this could all be over in like a week if you just sign your name on a bit of paper. Yeah, that's an ideal world, isn't it? Um... <laughs> But I've, I don't know if it's going to happen that quick. I'd love it to, but um, I'm on the sort of bandwagon that you know I'm just going to wait and and hope. Hopefully, it goes through. But I'm not going to get too excited. But like you say, if if he's if he's desperate to sell, then because I mean you've got there's so much work to do um, just in contracts and other stuff. There's so much work to do that can be attractive to any sort of investor but it does boil down to it's only what the club's only worth is what someone's willing to pay isn't it so um yeah hopefully this mr or mrs unknown um it does bring roland to the table and starts making him talk <clears throat> not sense but you know makes him talk and um the ball gets rolling but like you say we've had it with Zabil, we've had it with the australians we've had it with tom dick and harry but you know, hopefully this is the one, but I'm not going to get two. Didn't know you were in a consortium with Dick oh, yeah. and Harry, Tom. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry, I missed that one, yeah. Uh, why, why didn't you just go out and buy the club? Yeah, come on, ruining didn't work, it. Didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, right, a couple of tweets came in on this subject. I mean, Michael Broad said, fingers crossed, it sounds like a very good offer, <clears throat> Roland. Take it and you will no longer get the hassle. Jimmy Seed saying, uh, only difference with this... Uh, uh, rumour is that it's been leaked to a newspaper. I can't see him accepting £30 million, unfortunately. I mean, it was reported in the Daily Mail last week that he turned down a bid of over £30 million, and I'd heard 35 but like I say, there's, you never know who's correct with that. Um, John Skinner saying, uh, I'm afraid that Jimmy's right. Duchatelet expects others to pay for his mistakes. Any normal person would snatch the buyer's arm off. Sadly, Duchatelet isn't normal um uh bh says uh we've spoken about the aussies for months and nothing's happened there either if i was roland i'd take the 30 million and put this to bed he is the one who messed up i mean yeah i mean everyone's sort of hoping that that will be the case i think i mean even george burkett though is possibly more with his feet on the ground saying not going to get too excited about this ex-banker bid just yet uh, i don't want to get my hopes up just for them to be inevitably crushed when he rejects it any sensible man would take the 30 million but we're not dealing with a sensible man and i think uh, that's probably <laughs> the fair the fair thing to say i mean mark saying let's hope that the rodent is about to finally depart shall we have a one dollar wager hoping that you guys have some more info uh for us all not really i mean it's the uh evening standards exclusive story we can't really uh, add much more on that other than the fact that we've been here before who knows who knows it's, it's interesting the way it's been leaked to uh to, to someone else i mean obviously it's been um it's been a big week again not quite as exciting as last week in terms of Roland's rants, but I mean, there was another fans forum meeting on Monday and there are a few things that came out of it of interest. The main one being that apparently uh, Thomas Dryson still still involved with the club. I mean, uh, that was uh, one of the more remarkable aspects of uh, of the addicts. I'd say his name first. I mean, he'd been at the club pretty much the whole time that Roland has. I remember seeing him in an away game. I think it was at Millwall I saw him uh, a few years ago. Um, obviously, I managed to interview uh, Matt Wright sort of uh, did a big piece about who he was in, in the Voice of the Valley and how uh, he'd clashed with all these people. There was interesting stuff on the uh, Getting to Know the Network podcast uh, where we learned how he was 
you know, some some of the managers, even Roland's managers, didn't like having to deal with him. Um, then I managed to track him down actually for an interview, and uh, I mean that raised all sorts of eyebrows as well. Um, but we hadn't really heard his name. And I was looking through, I was trying to work out last time I spoke to him, and he, he did mention that it was a couple of years ago, but he said he didn't really deal too much with Charlton anymore. But now it's come out in the fans' forum meeting that Steve Gallen says that he still has to get all of his players approved by Thomas Dryson. I mean, that's a strange set of circumstances when you compare the uh, footballing experience of the two men involved there. Yeah, it's mad. Um, and what what's also weird is that the you look at the quality of the signings now compared to the quality of the signings at the start as well. You think, well, clearly, even if he's still involved, the relationship is very different. Um, how Dryzen reports into Roland and what he says to him, I don't know. But it sounds very much like Steve and, and Lee and Jacko are have the power, um, even if they do have to run things past him. Um, and whether Dryzen is then going to Roland and claiming he found them or hmm. putting his share in or whatever it is, I don't really care, to be honest. I'd rather he wasn't here. But if he is, so long as the people in charge here, you know, the likes of Steve, who we have to give so much credit to for the signings this season, so long as they're allowed to do their work and Dryzen isn't getting in the way, then I, I don't know what he's doing and I don't know why he's there. But if he is there, hmm. so long as he's not causing trouble, then... Let him sit in his room and play football manager all he wants. But, yeah, um, I mean, Steve Steve Gallen did say that he's got a good relationship with with Dries and uh, he said it's not unusual for for clubs or owners uh, owners of clubs to have advisors. But he said part of his role is to sell a player to to Thomas Dries and he said he doesn't always agree with him, like he doesn't always agree with Lee Bowyer, but he respects the way uh, he works. He said they've discussed the situation, uh, Gallen and Lee Bowyer, uh, and you either fight it and probably lose, as in go to Rome and say what we're we doing with this idiot. Uh, or you just get uh, uh, just uh, go in with it and uh, hopefully win. And generally, he said, looking at the players coming in, uh, and Christian Billick and Josh Cullen, they're, they're good players. So I think it's not the end of the world, but obviously it's still it's, it's another thing that's just a bit weird and it doesn't really make much sense to anyone. No, it doesn't. And I mean, I don't know if Thomas Dryzen has got any sort of qualification in terms of football scouting because there are He was never able to answer that no. when I asked him back in the day. He was never no. able to answer and what his uh, experience not, or qualifications were. They're not expensive. They're not expensive. So I assume he probably is. But the weird thing for me is that you've got Steve Gallen who is a well-respected coach and can spot talent and has done it for many years. He's then having to sell a player or trying to persuade Thomas Dryzen that this player is good enough to play at this level where Thomas Dryzen, as far as I'm aware, has no experience yeah, authority. of authority, yeah. who, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's like me working and then my financial director is does not, doesn't know anything about finance. That's, it, what do I don't what I mean? understand is I don't weird. understand why he has to go to Dryzen. At what point is Steve Gallen going to recommend a player that Dryzen <laughs> says to Roland, no, we don't want him. <laughs> like, what, what authority has he got or what knowledge does he have of a player? Where Steve Gallen's going to say, look, he does this, this, this and this. He's perfect for us. And Thomas Dreising goes, yeah, but we've seen his boots or something. Like, he's got nothing nothing extra he can offer. So I just don't understand it's why just he's a, It's a it. weird trust thing, isn't it? I mean, like yeah. I say, it's just another thing that now it's come out. I mean, I mean, people are saying, well, you know, why is... Uh, uh, why, why is Gallen mentioning this? I mean, some people. I mean, he, he might just be mentioning it just because he was asked. But some people are saying, oh, maybe he's mentioning it just to just a little bit, just to point out this is the sort of stuff we're dealing yeah, with. But I mean, I but you know, I, I, he's very professional, uh, Steve Gallen, from what from what I understand. Uh, and so it might not be the case. It's just just a weird one, just a weird one. To, we'll add it onto the big pile of big pile of weird <laughs> that we have here, uh, Charlton. Uh, another thing that we can pluck from that pile of weirdness, uh, as we were talking about last week, uh, <laughs> Roland de Chatelet demanded that the EFL um, take the club off his hands. Um, that was responded to this week. Uh, the EFL had one of their uh, meetings where they had to do. <laughs> he had to look at the pile of stuff that came out of that. They had to deal with us. They had to deal with Blackpool. They had to deal with Bolton, who at one point it looked like they wouldn't even be able to get a game ahead on Saturday. They had to do with Coventry, who they were given a, a, a time when they had to confirm where they'd be playing next season. Basically, they turned around, went Dunno, and EFL went, "All right, okay, we'll do it this way <laughs> another time." Um, but yeah, one of ours was they had to respond to Roland's demand that the EFL take over uh, control of the club. Uh, the EFL. Um, I'm a little bit taken back by this because they've mm. decided it's, it's a no-go. It's not, it's, it's not going to happen. They've said, as a competition organiser at the EFL, regulates against dual interest and <laughs> having assessed the situation, I wonder how long that took, uh, to take control of Charlton Athletic, put forward by the club's owner, Roland Duchatelet, the EFL board has concluded 
that such an arrangement would raise significant conflict of interest and as such is not one that could be considered. I mean, Nathan, mm. what, um, what it is. Uh, I'd, I'd, we'll agree to disagree on that one, won't we? <laughs> but, um, I mean, I can't see anything being wrong with it. Um, I think it would have been a, a nice little venture for them. I think they've missed out. Um, but no, seriously, it's... <laughs> It's no one's surprise, really. <laughs> but it's just funny how they said that they assessed the situation. Mm, pretty. I don't think he did. I think yeah. he probably just went, <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah, no, it doesn't doesn't really surprise me. But it's funny how they responded. They have to, didn't they, I suppose? Yeah, I guess that's not really... I mean, it'd be interesting <laughs> to see how, how... I would love for Roland to respond to the response. like Because, I mean, <laughs> I, please it, do. it does strike me as the sort of man who tends to get his way. And uh, when, once he's demanded that someone does something, um, it, it seems unusual that demand uh, is not... Um, sort of agreed to so it'd be interesting to see I mean if you were Roland Tom and it sounds like you Dick and Harry nearly very nearly were nearly. What, would, what would your response be to that I'd go back and I'd be are you sure <laughs> just just that just, just email back are you sure yeah <laughs> uh, right we had a tweet in from Vital Charlton and that leads us nicely on to the next little bit we're going to talk about it said I was in the press conference today and it was great to hear Boya and Jacko's contracts are getting done we really need them uh, to next, whether we go up or not. So, uh, as uh, Vital Charlton mentions, there he was in the uh, the press conference today. Uh, Lee Bayer was asked about his future uh, with the contracts, and this is what he had to say. I know from myself that uh, someone that works for the owner approached me on Monday, I think Monday, um, and said that they would like to offer me a new contract. I said, great. And he said they'd come back to me, so that's that's where we are with that. Johnny, I don't know what's happening with Johnny. So there we go. So no no real update on, on Johnny Jackson's contract too, as well, which is also out of uh, out of running out at the end of the season. But it's good to see, in a way, that Bowyer's been half approached with a with a contract offer, presumably by Livin de Turk, um, because there's no one else who uh, <laughs> works with the owner here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so on, on paper, possibly getting offered a, a contract at some point, which in a way, I mean, it sounds like I'd be happy to sign on, which is, which is uh, the most important thing. Yeah, it sounds like he is, and I think it will um, prove a little bit more stability, than for, especially for players like Joe, um, you know, and Anthony, and the you know players getting offered contracts because obviously they like working with Bose, and I think we do get some players um, here that we probably wouldn't usually get because of the pool that Bose has. So I think it is a good thing, you know, credit where credit's due is a bit overdue. Um, be interesting if it's more than six months or something, though, wouldn't it? Or a caretaker role or something. <laughs> four weeks. <laughs> yeah, four weeks contract. For a zero-hour contract or something. But um, <laughs> minimum £11 an hour. But no, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And hopefully it does get sorted along with Jacko. Because you can see what they've done since, not even this season, when they took over when we were, what, 13, 14 or something? So, yeah, hopefully it gets done. Just a bit of a weird situation, really, uh, Tom, that we're here. You know, with with a manager who's doing so well, so near to the end of his contract in footballing terms, and it hasn't been sorted beforehand. But I guess, you know, I've talked about the pile of wood we've got here. Yeah, there's there's another one somewhere in the middle, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I think what's a bit odd is, like I said last week again, it it all seems to be coming to a head. And he obviously, the graffiti happened, he blew up on TalkSport, there was this weird offer, there was the fans forum. And then suddenly, from, from Groundhog Day, where no contracts have been offered to to the management staff, the issue with players being signed, the issue with players' contracts, the issue with takeover bids. Suddenly, in the space of a week, we've seen Bose get offered. We've seen, apparently, we would hope Jacko get offered. That might spark, as Nath just said, players being offered and the likes of Aribo thinking, do you know what, I'll fancy another another year under this manager. And we've had this rumoured takeover. And, and it seems like, I, I said that could be a trigger point, and it does feel like that. Obviously, it's very early still to get carried away and there's still a long way for this season to go yet in terms of where we actually finish. But <clears throat> like, it's always darkest before the dawn, isn't it? And, and mm. it feels like, uh, like I said, it, it's going to be a, a turning point and it's going to go one way or the other. Another week goes past. Boya might turn down the offer because it's a zero-hour contract. Aribo says he's off and the takeover pulls out and we've got Roland. But I, I just feel like it's not going to stay status quo as it has for, what, the last six months a year uh, I feel like something is happening I'm just not not entirely sure which way it's going to go yet 
Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll find out the hard way over the next yeah. uh, few weeks. Roger Trask says, knowing our luck, the unnamed banker will be Nick Leeson. I had to Google that, but uh, according to Wikipedia, Nick Leeson is a former English uh, broker famous for bringing down barring banks, the world's <laughs> oldest merchant oh, bank, into bankruptcy. Yeah, hopefully that'll be him then. Uh, right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Still got plenty to come. We've got our exclusive interview with uh, Patrick Bauer up next. What were we saying? Simon, what uh, were we Kurt saying? Smith alongside me said he should line up for these opportunities. Well, you know, maybe so I can hit them. Josh Cullen is the other option. It's about so is that four, four yards, yards away yards back for you. Four yards from the edge of the penalty here. Nabi Saar to take. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So over it, over it is. Oh! Oh! We've been looking for a free kick hero, and it comes in the way of Nabi Saar. Everyone's going to claim they said it, but the total man, the centre half, with a great free kick. The goalkeeper was stood and couldn't do anything about it, and Charlton have the equaliser. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. The big match preview we're gearing up for Saturday's massive home game with Portsmouth. Uh, two teams within the top six of League One. Uh, really looking forward to it. Don't forget, 5.30 kickoff on Saturday. The game's on Sky, so don't turn up here early. Um, if you're anything like me, it's going to ruin your day because I have a really set routine for like Valley Calf at midday, in the ground by one. I know what I'm doing. 5.30, I'm going to be all over the place. So don't, don't be surprised if I just forget to come, to be fair. Which will ruin Sunday show because I won't know what happened unless I watch it on TV. But anyway, right, uh, one player who will be involved on Saturday, I dare say, is Patrick Bauer. Now, uh, himself and Nabi Saar uh, t- uh, took the unusual step of going and standing outside Charlton Station for an hour uh, this evening on Thursday evening uh, as a meet and greet for fans. They're advertising, of course, Saturday's home game with uh, with Portsmouth. Also here on Wednesday, uh, there's a home game for the Charlton Athletic women's team against uh, Millwall, uh, which they're helping to advertise. And don't forget, the, men- the men's team are on home on Tuesday as well against Burton Albion so three games in the valley in the in the space of a week here that uh, all of which we're looking forward to now Paddy Barr of course um, been been very good this season uh, easy to forget that he was linked with that that move to Blackburn uh, before the season started stayed here uh, in the in the uh, summer transfer window but then there were some tweets from his account saying that he would not sign a new contract at the end of the season so obviously I asked him about that but first of all I asked him uh, you know looking ahead uh, how excited he is for Saturday's home game with uh, Portsmouth. Yeah, definitely. There are uh, one one uh, spot in front of us. Uh, there are a few points in front of us, and uh, we we uh, can close the gap uh, with a win on Saturday, and uh, that's what we are trying to do. And obviously, we can take confidence from the fact that when we played them just before Christmas, we got a very good result down there. Yes, uh, the last couple of years, always when we went to their place, we we had uh, good results. This year as well. And uh, yeah, we, we know uh, what we are waiting and uh, we want to win the game on Saturday. 
And it's a nice event for you to come out and to meet the Charlton fans at the stations. A bit unusual, but um, you enjoy meeting the Addicts fans? Yeah, definitely. It's uh, unusual to come out here on a, on a <laughs> Thursday to the train station. But yeah, it's, it's nice to, to advertise uh, for Saturday's game for the, for the uh, CFC women. And uh, yeah, that's what we are doing here. And obviously, uh, you've come down today as well with, with Big Nabby. I mean, you formed one hell of a partnership uh, with him over the last few weeks. What's he been like to play with over the, the last few games? Yeah, obviously, he's, like, he's very strong. He's uh, good on the ball. He's he, he's a beast, uh, and I, I really enjoy to play with him. And it looks like you've got quite a good partnership going because we're not conceding that many goals at the moment, and that obviously gives us such a good base to, to go on and try and get results from. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, we are working hard in training um, to to be organised uh, in, in defence, and uh, yeah, that's that's what we are trying to do. We always try to keep a clean sheet. Sometimes we succeed, sometimes we, we don't, but. Uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, get this good work going. And how, how, is, how are you feeling with the, the season as a whole so far? Because I guess we, we had a slight wobble perhaps over the last few weeks, but now we've got two good results in, uh, in a row again and looking quite comfortable in those playoff places. I mean, the squad must be feeling pretty buoyant at the moment. Yeah, I mean... Um the top two is uh, is now a little bit uh, far away, but uh, we, we try to win uh, e each game, and um, maybe from the top two they will drop points, and uh, if if they if they do it, maybe maybe we will be there uh, to, to jump on. But uh, yeah, we, we are doing well as a team. Uh, we we want to secure the spot uh, in the playoffs at least, and um, yeah, for that we try to win as many games as possible. And from your own point of view, um, you're one of many players who's coming to the end of their contract at the end of this season. Obviously, um, earlier on in the campaign, you were linked with that move away and, and uh, you sort of implied at the time that you weren't willing to sign a new contract. Has anything changed over the course of the year after a another decent season here? Um, yeah, like you said, my contract is expiring after this season and um, I, try, I just try to, to give my best uh, for, for, for Charlton. Um, and yeah, at the end of the season, we will see what will happen. I guess promotion to the championship might make that decision a little bit easier. Let, let's see. Let's uh, get first uh, the, the promotion and uh, after we will talk. So not giving too much away on the contract situation. But I mean, sound, even if we do get promoted, it sounds like he's not, you know, definitely going to stay by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and I think he's been thinking that for some time. Um, uh, he's definitely good enough for the championship, I think. Um, obviously I would like him to stay I think he's been integral to us this season and but I, I don't know I don't know if he's ever really had that affinity with the club that that you perhaps need if you're going to commit your future particularly whilst we don't know particularly what league we're going to be in um, I know the fans obviously have the relationship and, and call him the, the BFG and all of that but I just I don't know it, it it, something doesn't quite sit right with him, I don't think, and he, or maybe he's just a, you know, a professional player. He, you know, he takes his clubs as he finds them, and he's happy to play here. But if a better offer comes along, he's going to head off, and maybe it's just that. Um, as I say, I'd love him to stay. I'd like to think that, especially if we go up, we would offer him a contract, and if he decides not to take that and to push himself and to try something new, then then fair enough. But so long as he continues to give his all for the rest of this season that's all we can ask for at the moment and as he said in the interview there they have formed a good partnership him and Nabs and, and he's playing very well yeah, uh, Nath, you went down to the uh, Charlton train station to meet to, to meet the pair of them. You, I think, you were very excited to see to see Big Nabs, the beast, as uh, as, as uh, Patrick Bauer was calling in there. Yeah, I was. I've um, obviously not had the, uh, the, pl the privilege of meeting Big Nabs. Uh, <laughs> But separated at birth, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, we were separated at birth, but that's another story for another show. Uh, but no, no, literally, I'll tell you what, though, I don't think you really, well, I didn't realise how tall both of them are. Yeah. When you see them in the stand, you know they're big lads, they're centre-wise, but they're, he is a beast, and they're, like, Paddy, Paddy's no, like, small small fella, you know what I mean? They're both massive. I mean, forwards must dread coming against them two. Mm. They must do, because, like, like Paddy said, Nabs is strong. Obviously, he's got a great techers as well but um, yeah no he's doing really well I'm delighted for Nabs because I think we've all said many times that he's had a bit of a struggle and he seemed to come of it the other, through the other side Right also on Saturday here at the Valley is the annual uh, celebration of Red, White and Black Day uh, the, the day where the club uh, comes together to celebrate the diversity within the community uh, Tracy Leeburn the club's uh, player liaison officer was also down shivering at the train station earlier it was raining as well we're there to do that it, was really, <laughs> it really didn't look like much fun uh, so I asked her what they've got planned for this Saturday 
Oh, it's very, we're all really excited. Um, so we're having a parade um, along the pitch. Um, we've got T-shirts, made obviously explaining what the day's about. We have every strand of the Charlton family um, attending. So we have disability groups, the deaf team, we have the Invicta team. Um, we've got everyone coming to, to obviously support the day. And obviously um, Charlton as a club is something, you know, the at the forefront of this of this sort of stuff back in the, the day and it's something that they've kept going over all these years because it's it's important to the club and to the community I guess. Of course it's I mean it's been going over 25 years now um, it, it's so important equality and diversity and obviously involving children to educate them as well we've got three schools coming on the day um, we've got the Caribbean team coming so it, it's it's everybody that's you know really to, to help them understand what this day is about. And uh, with the parade on Saturday who will be leading that? I'm leading the parade is obviously my husband, <laughs> Carl Lieburn, Paul Mortimer, Jason Pierce, and also the Mayor of Greenwich. Yeah. And three poetry winners. And obviously you mentioned your husband, Carl, there. He was playing football in English football in the, in the 90s. So, I mean, going back, he would have seen those problems firsthand. And even now, I guess, we've, you know, we've seen incidents at Arsenal with the banana being thrown and, and what Raheem Sterling's had to suffer so far this season. It shows it's not completely out of the game yet. No, definitely not. I mean, even recently with Lyle, Taylor at a game, you know, it's, it's prevalent still in this day and age and it, and it needs to stop. And if we can help, including Carl, you know, we have two children together, um, obviously they have mixed heritage, so, you know, this is for all of our children's futures that we need to keep up the fight against racism. Williams exchange passes, Williams drifts past his man, born in the box, it's Ooh. an awkward one, Taylor controls, Taylor trying to pass it back to Prattley, who's strong! Oh, 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 <laughs> Taylor Prattley, what a strike from the Charlton midfielder on the edge of the box, touched down by Lyle Taylor, and Darren Prattley unleashes a hell of a strike, pass Arnold down to his left, could do nothing about that one. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. This is the big match preview, gearing up for a massive game at home uh, to Portsmouth on Saturday. As Tracy mentioned, their red, white and black day. Um, so yeah, one to, uh, to to look forward to. She mentioned something uh, that, that happened to Lyle Taylor. It was, uh, it was a message that came to him on Instagram after uh, the Wimbledon game. It was a horrible racist message, but it does show that it was, it was, it was bizarre because it's from a Wimbledon fan who the previous message he sent to Lyle was, oh, I love you, come back to Wimbledon. And then he sent him a disgusting racist message. So yeah. Um, still rife in football. Obviously, we had that that uh, story in Sky Sports about incidents that happened at Cheltenham throughout the year as well. And, uh, well, throughout the years, not recently, but throughout the years. So that's why it's important that uh, Red, White, and Black Day is still celebrated and that sort of stuff discussed here uh, by the community trust and by the club as well. Right, um, last Saturday, one all draw at Doncaster, uh, good result. And uh, Josh Cullen now he was the uh, the man who is trying to claim the goal. It turns out we spoke to him uh, after the game. This is what he had to say, looking back at that draw with Doncaster and, of course, looking ahead to Saturday's home game with Portsmouth. Yeah, I think, I think you always are when you when you take the lead. Obviously, you, you want to hang on and, and you work hard to get in a position to, to be winning the game. And It's obviously disappointing to, to not come away with three points, but like you said, it's a, a tough place to come um, and, and a point, considering where they are just, just behind us, um, is better than no points, so um, no, yeah, we take it and move on to a, another big game next weekend. First half, especially in the first half hour of that first half, we played some lovely football, got into some great positions. Uh, frustration at half-time that we weren't uh, two or three up? Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, the first first half hour of the game, we were yeah, we were playing some lovely stuff and, and, and opening them up, really, and, and yeah, disappointed not to to be two or three up at half-time. Um, and then, yeah, the second half was, was more of the same, really. They had a little rally for the first ten minutes of the second half. Um, and then I thought we were we were on top and, and looked likely again, and we obviously get the goal, and then and then things change for for whatever reason. But that's football, and we move on now. And and like I said another big game next weekend. Well, you're playing well, that first half, uh, but you know, as you said, second half more chances. Lyle in the post. Is there a sense on the pitch that uh, this goal's never going to come, or do you not really have time to think like that? No, I think we we don't really think like that. Um, we know we've got un- good enough players, good enough finishers, good enough creative players to to open any team up and create chances. Um, 
and I think it, it's a matter of time before the goals start flying in and, and we start scoring three or four in games. We've just got to stick to what we're doing, um, keep working hard on the training pitch, practicing, finishing, creating chances, final pass, final cross, and um, and yeah, things will change and, and the goals will start flying in. Well, the goal did fly in today, and it came from uh, from your boot. So uh, now, uh, got to ask. Uh, it took a, a, a bit of a deflection off uh, off Marquee yeah, and yeah. through the keeper's legs, but I'm assuming you're going to claim it. Yeah, well, I've said to Breton there on, on the video, it looks like it's on target. So I'm going to get. I've seen it's gone down as an own goal, but I'm going to, yeah, get them to ask a question and appeal it, and it, it'd be nice if they can give it me. Do they have a dubious goals committee in League One? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, that's for the people above. Ollie's nodding his head behind. They do. So yeah, we'll have a have a little little question this week like I said it's on target so um, yeah fingers crossed maybe if you go up there with Naby Sarr and Patrick Bayer behind you they might uh, they might buckle yeah exactly yeah yeah. put a bit of pressure on you know, with the big lads and, and they might just give it me yeah so no we'll ask the question and, and, and fingers crossed but you must have been delighted I mean after the huffing and puffing and chances going to beg in and the, hitting the post and uh, to get a goal even though it did come off you know, by a deflection must be great to see that in the back of the net yeah exactly yeah it was yeah um, like you said we were we were pushing. It was frustrating at times. That's it. Low hitting the post with a great strike. Um, another day, it's inside the post and goes in. And then then we get the goal, um, which was obviously a relief. And it's just a shame that we couldn't hang on. But like I said, that's, that's football, and and we take the point and move on. Great end to score as well in front of uh, 1,100 actually uh, plus Charlton fans. And you were able to celebrate in front of them. Must have been giving you some pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. I mean. Credit to them again. Uh, they've been fantastic all season. Um, long journey up here in their numbers. Got right behind us, and and, and they really drive us on. So we're going to need them for the for the rest of the season. If they carry on like that, we'll keep giving giving them everything we can, and and try and finish the season strongly. Even though we had the, time, uh, the pressure and the, and the chances, and we got hit noses in front after they got the equaliser, still had to call uh, Dylan Phillips on to make a couple of really crucial saves. One especially, it must have been uh, thankful to see him get down and took those two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, Dylan's been fantastic um, since I've been back from injury and been playing with him, and he's, he's got himself back in the team. He's been brilliant for us. He like, said some crucial saves, um, which which kept us in the game. So, no, yeah, full credit to him. He's a top keeper, and um, no, yeah, he's done brilliant today. From a personal point of view, you mentioned your injury. You're now back, uh, completely forgotten about that. I hope and uh, back in the side and uh, and playing well. You must be delighted with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's always always nice to come back from an injury and get a run of games like I have and feel like I'm I'm up to speed now. Um, and yeah, I just want to finish the season strongly and, and give everything I can for for the club and the team. And um, hopefully that it will be a successful successful end into the season for us. You're having to play in a couple of different areas uh, today on the right. I think it was uh, having to move about a bit. Is that, that a problem for you? You don't mind that? No, not really. Um, I think every player probably needs to be a little bit versatile. So I've obviously played at, at the bottom of the diamond and, like you said, today on the right of the diamond. Um, but yeah, wherever I'm asked to play, I'll, I'll give my best and. And um, yeah, I feel, I feel comfortable wherever, to be honest. Not losing today is, is key, and then we've got another big one next Saturday at, at, at Hunter Portsmouth, and a similar story, I suppose. A game we can't lose. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, we're in the running now. We can't we can't afford to lose any games. Um, Portsmouth are, are a good side um, up the top of the table, but they're coming to, to our backyard, and, and, and we'll be right up for it. Um, and looking to put on a good performance in, in front of our own fans and, and, and get the three points. Well, from our own. Goals panel, we're giving it to you. So Thank congratulations. You much, sir, so there we go, Josh Cullen, uh, gearing up for, for Saturday's home game with Portsmouth and, of course, looking back at the, uh, the, the the draw up at Doncaster claiming the goal. I mean, is that a bit cheeky? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you, you've got to try, and you? you? Don't ask, <laughs> you don't get, but um, I don't think it, it didn't stop us celebrating on no. Saturday. But if it was on target, you know, you might as well give it a go. But mm. for me, it was a blatant own goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to see an own goal from a former Millwall player taken away as well in the form yeah. of John Marquis. So, Josh Cullen... Um, obviously, he had so long out injured. It's amazing, really. It's the second he came back into that side, I think he's played. I don't know if he, he's definitely started every game. He may even played every minute since then. He obviously did really well to keep himself fit while he was out the side with that shoulder injury. Yeah, yeah, he's done really well and just seems like a model pro the way he comes across. And obviously, he's come from a from a big club and you can see the class on the ball as well. Like he, he's again one of those players that has the ability to play above this level. I believe. Um, versatile as he said just there can play in a number of positions moves the ball well looks very calm on the ball uh, and like I just said there a model professional to keep himself fit um, I don't know 
he's very young. I don't know how many injuries he's had, long-term injuries before in his career, but yeah. I imagine not many. No, and that was that was the first one since he turned senior. You had a broken yeah. leg in the 23s at West Ham, but that didn't that wasn't okay. as long. So yeah, yeah he hasn't so had f- to deal with that. So the first time he's had to deal with that, and uh, like I say, his behaviour and professionalism has been exemplary to come through that and to get himself back in the side. And you, you just see the, the class he's got on the ball, and he's a real asset to us this season. Um, do you, I mean, do you think he's the sort of player that we could try and get? I mean, do you think it's reliant on him on us getting back into the championship if we can try and get him on loan again next season? I think he's got one more year at West Ham on his deal mm. from the top of my head. So, do you think we'd have a chance in League One of getting him again, or do you think he's ready to step up and, and go into the league above? Well, I think uh, I think if you're on West Ham, I mean, he was at Bradford before. He played very well. He's doing very well here. I think next year, him himself and West Ham will probably want to test him a little bit more. Um, because you can, t- you can see he's he's he could play at a higher level. Um, if we did go up, I think it is a strong possibility, same as Christian. But um, yeah, I see him a lot. I don't think he's Premiership just yet, but I think he's definitely. I think he could do a job in the Championship. It just depends if someone's willing to obviously play, um, obviously take a punt on him. But I think mm. he's definitely got the attributes for sure. Excellent stuff. Um, right, let's have another quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll start to look ahead to Portsmouth. Towards the near post, good delivery. Flicks on by Grant. Oh, no goal yes. in now. Taylor got the final touch. I think he's going to claim it. Absolutely. Bolton his header, deflected back off the post. And Lyle Taylor got a little flick. And Chan have the lead after 25 minutes. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live, the big match preview here on Maritime Radio. Looking ahead now to Saturday's home game with Portsmouth. 5.30 kickoff. I'm going to keep reminding you, uh, Pompey sat in fourth. The Addicts sat in fifth. Pompey are five points ahead of us. Now, if you think about how far ahead of us they have been in uh, in spells this season, you know, we, we've done some catching up with, uh, with them, of course. We've got that great win uh, away uh, just before Christmas uh, when we won by two goals to one um, where, where Carlin Grant scored. Do you remember him? Yeah. Who? Who? Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I miss him so much. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, Nikia Joe, I remember him as well. Nikia Jose, and that Who? driver of us is uh, uh, still here. So yeah, completely different team. Um, but you're right, uh, to look ahead to the game, now, normally we try and grab a, a journalist, but um, Luke Ellis, a Portsmouth fan, uh, was available this week and uh, he uh, told me how uh, the, uh, the Pompey season has gone so far. To be honest, like Christmas, New Year period, we were. We were absolutely flying. Um, I think at the time, if I'm if I'm brutally honest, I kept thinking, I don't know, I don't know how we're doing it. I don't know how we keep winning all these games, but we we just look like one of those horrible teams to play against, where we look quite big, quite quite nasty, well organised. Um, didn't really look like we were going to concede when we were under pressure. Um, and then with Jamal Lowe, Ronan Curtis and Gareth Evans, we, we had a real outlet where they were all playing really well. We had Ollie Hawkins up front, um, who it's, it's mixed with, with the fans in terms of whether they love him or not. But one thing that he did do is he won so many aerial battles. And when we were under pressure, we, we kind of cleared the ball up to him. And then the three... Sort of playing in behind that I've just mentioned, where um, you know they were kind of gambling and getting on the end of things, and they were they were playing really well. But in January, beginning of January, he got injured, um, and we didn't really have um, another centre forward. Hmm. And I think that losing losing that kind of target man um, sort of seemed to coincide with a real dip in the form of, of the, the three guys behind, um, being Evans, Lowe and Curtis. Uh, but also, they because we weren't changing the team, it's the same team every week, We they looked quite fatigued and they had done for the last couple of months. Mm. Is, um, that, is that something the, other, the, the fans were unhappy with Kenny Jacket for? Because I thought I'd surprised to see, actually, considering how well he has done over the last couple of years. There was I, I saw some fans on Twitter seemed a bit unhappy with Kenny Jacket at that point as well? I think they were. I think 
they just wanted, I think everyone was just sort of, you know, and I was another one where the, the guys weren't, weren't hitting the levels that, that they could have, that they were getting to, and you could see that they were knackered, and you could see that they needed to be rested, but he just continued to to keep playing them. Um, and the other big loss was we lost a guy called Ben Thompson. Yeah, I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about him on loan from Millwall. Yeah, I mean, he, without doubt, for, you know, for, for my my personal opinion from going to the game, he was by far the best central midfielder in, in the league. Mm. And to be honest, we just, I don't, I think we could, it, it didn't matter who we were going to sign. Um, we just, we just weren't going to be able to replace him. So, Losing Hawkins at the time that we did, and also Ben Thompson, with the loss of form of the, the three guys that were playing in the attacking positions, was probably the reason why why our form did so much. But then on the positives, you could look at it now and say, well, actually, it has changed a bit because we're in the league. We're actually unbeaten in six. Um, the issue is that we've drawn five of them. Yeah. Um, but we have strengthened a lot in attacking areas. Um, and to be honest, there's after last week, so the 5-1 winner against Bradford and getting to, even though fans didn't initially like it, but now everyone seems to want to go, the Checker Trade final and Wembley and now players playing for their places, it seems to have uh, kind of got the feel-good factor back, like just in time for going to Chelsea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, which you'll, which, you'll, which you'll be delighted about. Like. Yeah, so a renewed confidence ahead of Saturday. Then, so how do you see the game going on Saturday? Obviously, when when we came down to Fratton Park in December, we weren't expecting anything, and uh, we actually played quite well and came away with it. Um, yeah, I've, I've, you did a you did a job on us, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't. A lot of fans feel quite aggrieved by the result. They felt that Ponty were the better team, and and the goal that Charlton scored. Maybe shouldn't have counted, but if if I'm if I'm honest with you, I thought Charlton looked a really good team. Mm. Um, one of I wouldn't say they're the best team that have that have come to Fratton Park. I would say that Luton were on the first day of the season, um, and again as an away game, they're the they're the best team I've, I've seen. Um, but I was really impressed with with Charlton, and I thought that. They did. They just did. I thought they just did a bit of a job on us, to be honest. Um, I mean, I thought Pierce. Obviously, we know Jason Pierce. I thought he was quality at the back, um, and he well marshaled it. I don't know. He didn't play at the weekend, so I'm hoping he he won't play again. Yeah. Um, right. So that's a that's a good thing for us. <laughs> um, Grant Grant leaving, even though I would say that everything good that you did kind of went through Lyle Taylor. Yeah. Um, and I think he was really good, but Grant Grant was so dangerous all game. It was just his it was just his pace and his movement. So he may not have always been heavily involved in all the link up play and stuff like that. But every time, sort of Charlton looked like they were going to counter or you know have someone getting on the end of it, it always looked like it was going to be him. So I don't really know if you. I know your your owners are a bit of a bit of a nightmare but I don't I, I feel I feel like Cholton if I'm honest after the game at Fratton Park I thought that they they might have gone on to challenge for automatic mm. but I do feel that your chairman has probably prevented you the chance of doing that yeah that's a, a feeling that's shared I think amongst many Cholton fans so just looking ahead from a, a Portsmouth point of view uh, who, who are the danger men that Charlton should be looking out for on Saturday? Depends, depends on who plays. Um, I don't know if he'll go with Ollie Hawkins or if he's back Omar Bogle. Yeah. Uh, Bogle is an absolute handful up front for me. He's a unit. Um, sort of like Akin Fenwell with pace. Hmm. <laughs> um, and he's becoming a bit of a fan favourite. But the, the guys that have found form again, uh, will be low, low and Curtis on the wing. Um, they're the two danger men. Um, and at the moment, out of nowhere, got a guy in central midfield called Ben Close, 
Mm. He's got he's got four in his last six from kind of playing a bit of a holding midfield role. Um, so you may not look at him as an uh, attacking presence, but he's got this real knack at the moment of being able to uh, sort of pop up with quite quite important goals. But yeah, I think I think if I was going to say any any two players, Low Low and Curtis on their day are um, they're they're better than League One. They're 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 pretty unplayable. I'm expecting us to nick it. Yeah, and I think it'd be the opposite of the result of. Uh, Pratt and Park, I think Pompey will win 2-1. There we go. I told Luke after the interview that um, I'm going to cut out that bit and play it again on Saturday show if we if we win because uh, we don't always get a prediction from the uh, the opposition fans. But yeah, brilliant from Luke there. Thanks for that, uh, for letting us know a little bit more about Pompey. Um, you're saying like Ben Thompson obviously got sent off late on in, the, in, in our win down there uh, before Christmas. But I mean, he's been a big miss for them and they have suffered they have suffered a little bit of a drop-off in form but they exploded back to life with a 5-1 win against admittedly a poor Bradford side so don't really know what to expect now so are they back in form or aren't they because it's only one game yeah it's, it'll be tricky um, like you say Ben Thompson was a big miss um, I'm surprised that he, he went at the get go but obviously Jacket and Harris getting well but um, yeah it's, I think they're coming back into form and it's against the team like Portsmouth who rely heavily like he was saying in terms of Lowe and Curtis on the wings and we play fairly narrow they might have a lot of the ball, so it's going to be interesting how we um, how we try and push them back a little bit. But listen, I mean, they're a good side and they're coming to form. But you know, we're we're a good side and we're coming back into form, so it's going to be an interesting game. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, should mm. be uh, should be a good one. Uh, Portsmouth five points ahead of us in the league table, as I said. All right, let's have a look forward to it from a more Charlton point of view now. Uh, Lee Bay was speaking with Tony Hudd. Now, I wanted to play you this, actually. I just remembered. <laughs> so, normally we get sent the press day audio, and it's normally just the start of the interview. But for some reason, I got sent a little bit more today. And I got a fascinating insight, in, yeah, a, little, a little look behind the curtain into what uh, Tony Hudd, what Tony Hudd and Lee Bay discuss uh, when, uh, when the camera isn't rolling. What was happens on a Thursday? Normally, Monday and Tuesday is the worst. Yeah, yeah. Only chooses a nightmare that road. So there we go. They're just chatting about the A20 by the sounds of it. That's that's, that's, what, they, that's what they get up to when uh, uh, when uh, when we're not listening. Right, let's have a look. At, look forward to the actual game here, Lee Bowyer. Uh, looking forward to Portsmouth. I don't think it's any bigger. If I'm honest, I think now we're we're getting to that stage where every game is massive. Um, everybody's playing for something, and. Um, us and Portsmouth we're playing for the same prize and that's promotion so um, similar to last week Doncaster obviously in, in the same sort of situation as we are so uh, it's, it's a massive game it's going to be a great atmosphere and it's going to be on the telly and so yeah I think it's it's going to be a good day You mentioned atmosphere the valley's going to be rocking isn't it and this sort of atmosphere that players and managers dare I say just love yeah that's why I think you play the game you know whether you like it or not players they're, they're entertainers that's what they are they're, it's like a theatre to them isn't it so um, yeah the place is going to be rocking now. I'm, I'm looking forward to it and, and the players you can tell there's it's been a good atmosphere all week and yeah, they're, they're, they're really looking forward to it they all want to be involved some are miss out. That's the reality of, of football. But yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it as well. What are you expecting from the game itself? Do you think there'll be an awful lot of tension out there on the pitch? No, no. I, I think there'll be a lot of honesty. Um, I think there'll be two sets of players putting their body on the line to win the game, just like any other game. And and it's going to be competitive. Um, Hopefully, we have a referee that can control the situation because the atmosphere, like you said, is going to be bouncing and, and there's a lot at stake. So, um, there's going to be tackles, there's going to be decisions to be made, and for sure, we're going to need a strong ref, just like we did up there. We had a strong ref up there, and, uh, and we managed to come away with the right result. Do you have a figure in your own mind regarding the number of points Charlton need to qualify for the playoffs? No, 
no, I don't think you can put a figure on because you just don't nothing's predictable um, we just got to concentrate on each game that, that's the reality we, we play Portsmouth Saturday and, and our aim is to win and we play Burton on Tuesday our aim is to win we, we just have to win games we just have to concentrate on what we're doing and, and what we're good at and if we do that then I'm sure we'll be fine do you think the promotion issue will go down to the wire with plenty more twists and turns? Yeah, I think it happened last year, didn't it? Um, no one expected us to get into the playoffs last season and, and we came with a late run and could that happen again? Yeah, I can't see into the future, but somebody could surprise people and that's why we have to just concentrate on what we're doing and not worry about what's going on behind us. So, but like I said, we're we've got a good bunch of lads and we're very professional and um, we have the fans behind us so it's for me we're in a good place Among Charlton's best wins of the season was that 2-1 success at Portsmouth in December does that give you a psychological advantage on Saturday? No, no, no it's a different game different game different place different players playing it's completely different but the same outcome playing for three points and, and like I said you know two teams trying their hardest to, to get them three points so it's going to be difficult they're a good side but so are we so I'm, I'm sure that they're they might be worried a little bit and we, we worry about certain things that then they have strengths we have strengths they have weaknesses we have weaknesses it's, for me it's going to be a very good day there's been speculation this week that your skipper Jason Pierce could be out for the rest of the season can you confirm that? well I hope not um, <laughs> he he won't be involved Saturday it's been touch of go with him this week he obviously had another injection in his ankle so um, yeah it's not going to be the rest of the season I don't think no. I, don't know. I don't know where that's coming from <clears throat> any idea when he could be available to you? Um, no, it just depends on, on healing really, he's, his ankle isn't right, um, Piercy being Piercy, he's tried to play through pain and I've said to him, not just get your ankle right, Like he, he's running with a limp, it's silly really, he just wants to be there for us, you know, because he knows how important it is and how important he is to us, So, um, but he has to get himself right because there might be a time when we do need him and he has to be right you know so uh, yeah but I don't know how long it'll take but I don't think it'll be the season no. Any other injury concerns ahead of Saturday? No no everybody's okay Josh Parker obviously played in the 23 game come through that okay got a lot of that cold out of him he's looked a bit sharper this week so um yeah, he's the one that will come back into the frame. So there we go, Lebo. You're looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Pompey. Uh, you got bored of discussing the A20, so you started talking about the football. Um, Parker coming back. I was just trying to think about about what's going to be the major team news. Obviously, Piercy not around, but you know, that's no major issue at the moment with with Naby playing so well uh, alongside Patrick Bauer. So you're looking at the the, the striking position. Also, we've got a a point last week Igor actually played quite well I felt um, but I mean will Parker be chosen ahead of him because he did score twice for the 23s the week before I don't think so um, I, I don't think there'll be any changes if there is I wonder whether we might rest Williams and bring Ben Reeves in just for his creativity and also because when Reeves uh, well, sorry when Williams has come off the bench it's particularly late in games he really looks to stretch the opposition um, so maybe there but no I, I agree with you I thought uh, Igor had a good game last week and uh, we need a bit of consistency up top now because there's been so much chopping and changing with injuries and illnesses and obviously the sale of Carlin and and stuff So and uh, Lyle's suspension. So I think if we can just keep two of them up there for a little while, again, Parker, when he's come off the bench, has looked good. So keep him back and, uh, and throw him on in the last 10 if we need him because I, I do think he can offer us something, but I just think I'd like to say, see Igor continue to play his way into form. Mm. Um, I mean, how, how big a game is this, Nate? If we're looking at that, that, that five-point gap we've got uh, above Peterborough and Doncaster, it'll be interesting, of course, because we're playing 
um, sort of uh, later than everyone else in in the league. So we'll, we'll have a good idea of of you know where, where we're sitting um, at, at that point as well. So I mean, uh, if we lose, is it the end of the world? No. no, not at all. If we lose on Saturday, which is you know is possible because they're a good side, but if we lost. Um, on Saturday, yeah, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, we've lo- we would have left a bit of a gap, but then we can we've got a game at home on Tuesday to bounce straight back from. So that I think that's a that's a good thing because um, if we win, you know, we obviously could build momentum. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's going to be the, like, the end of the world if we if we lose on Saturday. Um, I don't think we will personally. Um, but yes. Yeah, there's still so many games. I know it's a cliche, but there's so much more football to play. It's not decided on one game. Yeah, Doncaster will be away to Wimbledon. Uh, Peter will be away to Bradford. So two, two, the, the two rivals are both away to, to sides that have struggled uh, in League One so far this season, which will make it interesting as well. I mean, how, how do you see it going, Tom? Let's have a, let's have some sort of prediction. Uh, I think we might win this. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil, clean sheet. Yeah, lovely, lovely old job. I'm going. For, I'm going three two, Charlton. Three two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see goals. Lovely. Who, who do you fancy scoring the goals for us? Uh, Igor, Nabs, and Lyle. Lovely. Excellent stuff. Right, uh, we are just about coming to the end of the show on this evening's uh, uh, Charlton Live. So don't forget, it's the, the Sky Game. Sky Curse, anyone anyone worried about that? The what? The Sky Curse. Oh, yeah, no. it does my head in Sky, yeah. but never mind. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't. It's game football, yeah. but yeah, hopefully we win. Yeah, so, right, so, whatever yeah so don't forget, 5.30 kickoff because we were on Sky. Uh, as I said, it's, it's messing up with my sort of routine so much I think I might just go to the cafe now and just sit there until the <laughs> just game just, just to make sure I don't forget to come to the game but yeah uh, don't get it too early but anyway thanks for listening to this evening's Chat on Live the big match preview don't forget to come back here on Sunday evening when we look back at whatever happens uh, against Pompey massive game let's hope it's three points for the Addicts Tom thanks for coming in cheers Louis Nathan good to have you here much love and uh, I've been Louis Meadows thanks for listening all the way to the end of this evening's Chat on Live and we shall see you back here on Sunday evening have a good one <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.